the the thing I always hear is like, oh, you'll get such great exposure. Well, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but in elementary school, I played that game called the Oregon Trail. Right. And I remember little Billy dying from exposure. So I'm mean, yeah. trying to go out like that. <laughs> exactly. You know. Welcome to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, Modingo. And with me is Noel Serrato coming from Arizona and Sean Freeman coming to us from... Are you in Charlotte or just Greensboro, North Greensboro. Carolina? Greensboro. Okay. Greensboro, North Carolina. Yes, sir. Host of the Zombie Podcast. Uh, uh, Noel Serrato is Phoenix Best DJ. Yeah, he's he's calling his shot, like I said, every time we talk about his his title. But uh, give everybody your Instagrams. Uh, Noel, what's yours first? Well, best Phoenix DJ. Okay. And, and mine's, I'm at Freeman Daddy 5 everywhere. Freeman Daddy. One more time. It blurred out a little bit. Uh, at Freeman Daddy 5. Freeman Daddy 5. All right. So we will cut right to the chase today, folks. Uh, these two gentlemen I've talked to quite frequently over the years. Uh, they were our original crew, part of our original ambassador crew when we were looking uh, to do some outreach with the show. And they are both respective uh, mobile DJs, just like myself. And one of the things that we've talked to pretty routinely, if not weekly or monthly, is the low ball offers from clients. Yeah. And what I mean by lowball offers, like you take the time to put together a contract for a client and then, you know, you you give them an honest bid based off your market and what they're asking for, the duration, the location, travel, all that stuff. And they come at you and they're like, well, that's just too much money. And, you know, for for some people that don't understand, especially like with weddings, you know, most people haven't ever, uh, tried to pay for a wedding DJ before so they don't really understand um, what it is they're paying for but um, even after that like uh, Sean uh, this is kind of a, a conversation you said you were having uh, within the past 10 days or so yeah. where you know you laid everything out for them and they literally wanted to cut you like half of what you were asking for right yeah they were and uh, you, you know a lot of times people just don't you know they're like you know it's just three hours or four hours and mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you, you know that the venues sometimes fifteen thousand dollars. They got thirty thousand dollars vested, mm-hmm. and, and and really, you know, missing work, being away from your family, travel, hotel, you know, all that stuff like that is just unaccounted for whenever it comes from some mm-hmm. of the clients. And you know, you, you can't go in the hole doing this, but you got to make it worth your while, also. So, you know, hotels, you know, if you say if you were working overtime day job or this that, and the other, you know, there's there's a lot of things factored into that price other than mm-hmm. I just need you for just three hours. You know, a lot of times whenever I DJ, there's four days involved. You know, we'll do a contract signing. Then we'll meet up two weeks before I get a rehearsal and mm-hmm. then the, the venue. So, you know, three hours is literally and, and plus all the, the booking of all the songs and stuff that they want. Mm-hmm. Literally, I mean, you got 50 hours into it, you know, when, when it's all said and done with travel and stuff like that. So three hours is is very, is the very, you know, the event itself is the very small yeah, part. The, and, and, and I'd argue that's almost the easiest part is once you it get is. there because it's kind of like you get comfortable, you build a relationship with these clients and you know what they expect. So you just go there and it's just, you're, you're there to perform. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's just, you know, 
It, for some reason, the DJ is the most overlooked thing for, say, a wedding. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we have to to do a lot of times rehearsal. You know, we're in control with the mic introductions, mm-hmm. all the music of how the flow of it, the timing, everything. You know, it, it's we're a big part of their event. I, no matter how you look at it, you know, it, it's everybody plays their part, but the DJ, I think, is it, it should be up there. And I kind of look at us, we're like the ringleader. And, you know, there's all this chaos going on and we're the ones trying to control the flow. Right, right. Exactly. So, so Noel, like when you start, when you engage with a client, like what goes in, when you're, when you're building your contract, like what is going into that price? I'd say for me, it's, um, just, I give them different, I give them different options, right? So mm-hmm. like for a DJ and master of ceremonies, I give them like, Hey, this is what it's going to cost you. You have a DJ, master ceremony. Um, do you want up lights? Do you want a personalized monogram? Do you want me to bring my photo booth? You know, those are like add-ons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's how I I, I, I price my clients. Um, I do tell them like, um, I don't charge you guys for going over um, a song list with you. I don't charge you for coming up with a timeline. It's mm-hmm. all included in my fee. Um, and I will, um, so it's unlimited um, conversations on the phone. Mm-hmm. It's unlimited going back and forth. But I do tell them that I, I, I may not make their rehearsal because mm-hmm. I, I'm a DJ and usually the rehearsals on the day before for weddings, mm-hmm. um, which would be on a Friday. And I'm DJing on Friday sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. So right, I tell right. them if I'm not DJing, I can make it. If I, but if I am, you know, I can't. I won't know until uh, the time comes. And to be honest with you guys, you know, like my, the rehearsals don't really um, they don't really help me out that much. Like I find myself doing just as good a performance as a DJ without going to the rehearsals. Um, then right. when I do go to the rehearsals, there's not much a difference for me there. That's why I just do not. I tell them like, I may not make that rehearsal. That's a lot of time. Like mm-hmm. you were saying for me. Yeah. And see, well, I was going to say, you know, for, for me, like you was talking about charging for things like that. A lot of times you, yeah, I, I have, you know, up lighting and, and dance lights and, and, and things that DJs should bring. But usually I just have a, a, a price for me to show up with my stuff because, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm not fishing for another job, but I'm fishing for another job. You know, I'm, I'm <laughs> to impress. You know, if there's a hundred guests there, there's a hundred yeah. eyes. And, yeah. and a lot of times, every, every time you're I'll in front off of a gig. Yeah. Every time you're doing, you're working for a client, you're doing a wedding or uh, just some sort of corporate event. Right. Your next client could potentially come from the audience. Exactly. So, so, so you're 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 basically giving everybody there your resume, you know, and they get a they get a free they, they get a free taste, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like and, good and, drug dealers do, you know. Yeah. And, and the way that I got started DJing was was we go to this pool club, pool and tennis club, and it was a thousand dollar membership, and, and I bought the DJ gear, and I was like, you know let's exchange a membership for, you know, every other Friday, you know, mm-hmm. but the business that I got off of it and my name out there was more was worth way more than that membership, way yeah. more than the thousand dollar membership. So, yeah. and, and, and it was just good times. Yeah. My family was at the pool and all that, but, but the pandemic has really put a damper overall on money, mm-hmm. the low balling and, you know, the, the pity party free J that people won't do it. And they just don't exist. Are, are you finding people are, are asking for free J's? And when we say free J's, we're asking, we're talking about people that say, Oh, you know, come do this event. And, um, 
the the thing I always hear is like, oh, you'll get such great exposure. Well, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but in elementary school, I played that game called the Oregon Trail. Right. And I remember little Billy dying from exposure. So I'm mean, yeah. trying to go out like that. Exactly. You know, you know not necessarily a free J. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, but before the pandemic, as you guys know, you, you know, you could do, say, an event. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this pre-show. And a lot of times at the end of the event, common courtesy, you know, w- w- when you go out to a bar, a lot of times you tip. But but the same thing is with service. And most events, whenever you're DJing, say, a wedding or a corporate event or whatever, they hand you a white envelope at the end of the night. And sometimes in that envelope, you know, it's four or $500 tip, you know, and you're very thankful for it. But it seems mm-hmm. like since the pandemic, people are wanting you to do entire events less than what some events used to tip you. Mm. And not all of them, you know, it's just every fifth or sixth one that you get. And it's the, the pity party lowballing. And it's, it's so you're saying it's more frequent. It's more frequent, it seems yeah. like, since the pandemic. So uh, I, one uh, in the comment section, someone talked about, you know, like I said, that whole exposure piece. Now, right. and I think all of us in, in our beginnings have done free events. Right. And, and I still do free events. And I know, Noel, uh, prior to in the before times, uh, you were doing free events because I know that was part of like uh, the uh, the way that you structured your business is that you wanted to dedicate a certain amount of events for free for like the community or whatever. Uh, Exactly. And and so, I mean, kind of tell me your direction. Like why, why would you still do, why would you do something for free? Well, for me, it's personal. Yeah. I feel like if, um, if we're uh, being like, if I'm successful and making money, um, I feel like I should always give back. That's just the way I am, you Mm -hmm. know, like, it's just kind of like a, just a cool factor. Not a lot. No one appreciates it really. They, you know, I'm sure they do, but, um, but yeah, I, I, it's just because I feel like you, if you're going to be doing something in life, um, you want to have, do something that's worth your time and worth value and what's more than giving back, um, to your local community. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially I, if you're doing well. I try to do three free a year before the pandemic. And a lot of times I try to do like a church event, mm-hmm. a special needs event, and then a school event just to give back to the community. And I, and I, and all I asked was to say, you know what? The Freeman family donated their time to DJ this event. And we mm-hmm. want to thank them for it. And they would always, you know, I, I didn't want recognition, but I wanted people to see that, that we were as a family mm-hmm. proud of our last name and giving back to the community. And, yeah. and I'm still down for doing that once everything gets rolling again. Yeah. And, and I'm the like same way. Like I, I would do free stuff and mainly it was just dependent on uh, what the event was supporting. Like I've done, faith-based events for free, um, fun, tons of fundraisers. Um, right. but, but you know, the fundraiser has to be something I believe in. And, and when I say free, just meaning I'm not charging them like a full price. Like I'll either ask for like food or a t-shirt, you know, or something like that. But, you know, it, when it comes to something like from a philanthropic standpoint, like I'm either going to do it for free, I'm probably not going to do it at all. You know, right. or, or or to severely reduce costs. And, and even uh, I was doing a lot of work for a local breast cancer fundraising community here. And they would just like, give me like a stack of gift cards or just cash at the end of the night. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I never expected or asked for it, but I certainly do appreciate it. Yeah. You know, and I ask uh, Noel, so Sean, like, what do you factor into your price? You know, you, so, I mean, do you take equipment? Do you take your experience, travel, all that stuff? Because I know you, you mentioned hotel stays. So it sounds like you travel a little bit. Yeah, 
you know, I, I try to factor it all in. Uh, used to, I would, I would, I was really bad for quoting a price without talking to the wife. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and just making sure things were right. But, but uh-huh. I would throw a number out to get the gig and then I would figure up, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss Saturday from work. You know, that's, that cuts a third off and mm-hmm. the, you know, so talking to you, Mo and you, Serato, I have learned a lot over the, over the pandemic to, I, I learned how to say no, mm-hmm. you know, you, you guys have taught me honestly how to, how to be like, you know what? I, I just can't. And, and being honest with people, because I was the guy that would be like, yeah, man, I'll do it for beer or this or that. But, <laughs> and, and, and I never done that, but I, I would always feel bad and be like, okay, I'll do it for that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the wife is like, what, huh? What? <laughs> yeah. So, but you guys, I want to thank you guys for helping me learn the word. No, you know, and, and now I have set prices mm-hmm. and, and if travel's involved, you know, that all 100% goes into the price. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I, I've got Sunday fun day uh, money for my family. Mm-hmm. And Noel, I know with you, like, uh, you have a pretty significant front pick because I've seen like when you've totally maxed out like at uh, high school events and I, the first time I ever saw like your entire setup, I was blown away, dude. Right. Uh, so like the, the things that you are, have the ability to add on are, are far vastly of, of greater quantity than like a lot of mobile DJs. And when I say the stuff that Noel has to add on, like he's got the photo booth, he's got like yeah. full on like. Uh, festival style lights, like you know, yeah. innovators, and like he's got like high end stuff, and um, and just seeing some of the work that he's done, and so, you know, and not everybody has that. So, like when they talk about like um, pricing and add ons and stuff like that, where did how long did it take you to get to that point where you could start adding on those extra pieces, like I said, the photo booth and the and the uplighting and and the monograms and all that. Yeah, so it took me like around. Hmm, I would say two years um, to get to that point, mm-hmm. you know, as I started. Um, and the only reason I even got to that point is only because I would start listening to um, podcasts and interviews of other DJs of where I kind of wanted to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they would talk about, you know, don't buy any extra equipment unless someone's um, asking for it. Um, when someone's asking for it, now you know you got to market. You got to oh, market. Someone's versus, asking for versus it versus buying something and trying to sell it. Exactly. Okay. And I, when when I first, so I learned from that. The first thing I did when I before I learned that lesson, I bought like video VJing stuff, like a big mm-hmm. screen and a projector, and I was like, oh, this has got to be the way where DJs are going to go. Video mm-hmm. DJing, you know. And it ends up like, no, it's really not. People really don't <laughs> want that. There's a pretty small market for that. And it's a lot more work to mix video and music and mm. be talking to people while they're coming up to you. You know, it's just like right, too right. much for my, my, my single core processing brain. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? So, like, I don't even offer it anymore. Yeah. Um, but it took me about two years, you know. Um, I ended up finding out that make, people want, like, um, I can market that, that shit that I bought, that stuff that I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, that I thought people were going to want VJ market is like, look, you can show a cut. We can have customized, um, like a video, you know, slideshow a or montage, something like that. Yeah. Uh huh. Of like, um, you guys, I say for a wedding, you know, I market it like, like 
instead of DJing with it, I was like, I can show a video during dinner, you know, <laughs> right, like when you, right. got, you guys growing up separately. And then that's you guys to the point where you guys met and started dating and then get to a point where uh, we can have maybe the videographer do an interview for um, you guys on how you guys met and we can integrate mm-hmm. that into my screen, you know, my projector and my screen. Um, Cause I had that thing sitting around. Nobody wanted a VJ, mm-hmm. you know, like I thought they were, but, but I, you I repurposed it. Yeah. repurposed it exactly um up lights same thing i found out what venues were charging for up lights um like if the wedding was going to be at, like the hilton and they were charging x amount for up lights i was like shoot i'm gonna like undercut them about a couple hundred dollars mm-hmm. um and so yeah so it took about two years to get to that point and those, those some of the techniques i used in repurposing and just how to charge for what i had as add-ons right so are you, are you guys teams of one or do you, do you have a crew they go with no. you like me. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes the wife goes, she'll go help me set up and then mm-hmm. go home if it's local. And then, you know, just it's on just standby. Me. Yeah. And it's sometimes just me. You know, I, I'll, I'll pay people to just come hang out with me just in case I have to use the bathroom or something. <laughs> but, you know, the, the right I'll event, pay. you know, I can hand a buddy 300 bucks to hang out, drink beers and, and, and just be and, there. Just and get some good food. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Get some good food. That's the thing. Like assistants are hard to come by. Uh, credible, not credible, but like reliable. I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, right. for a while there, like I got lucky where my sons were like teenagers. They're kind of grown now. I started DJing seven, eight years ago. You know, getting into it, so they're kind of grown now, and I don't really have like anyone I can really count on. You know, mm-hmm. so um, um, that's changed the dynamics. That kind of brings up a different conversation, but it did change the dynamics on what I offer. Mm-hmm. You know, right. oh, because yeah. you had an extra set of hands, yeah. I used to have extra hands. Yeah, you had some free labor. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, your payment is rent and food, bro. Yeah, but like, so like, but um, yeah, that's a different subject and and whatnot. But um, that's where that's one of my challenges I'm having now. And like, when people want me to like, oh, we saw this video, you had all this and that. How much does it cost? You know, I tell them like, you know, like, look, I need to bring an assistant for the photo booth. Mm-hmm. You know, I have an assistant who also helps me set up and tear down and take questions when I'm like in the mix and there's, mm-hmm. they're next right. to me to like handle the people that are coming up so I can stay in the, in the vibe. Um, and they're like, they, like to them, they're just like, well, okay. Yeah. Thank you for your time. It ends up that they're going with like a uh, free J nothing over here. Who's charging seven, 600 bucks for a wedding, you know? Right. And, um, I don't know if I'm getting off. I mean, but, but I mean, I but that's that's, that's relative to your market, though. I mean, because you know, and, and that's another thing that like kind of varies. So for listeners out there, like you know, if we talk dollar values, you know, other than equipment and stuff like that, like it, remember these things are relative to your market because you know, you take the DC, Philly, New York area, you're probably talking an easy three grand for a DJ, right? But if you're like in you know central Nebraska it's probably, you're probably not going to be able to fetch that price or just like, even like where I'm at, uh, just uh, a few hours away where B funks at, like the, the going price is like half of what DJs in this area can get away with. So, so folks that are listening and, and watching, just kind of take that into consideration as, as we talk about. Well, when numbers. I went to the NBA conference, the, um, don't ask me what that stands for though, but it's like the, it's like the wedding convention, right. Mm-hmm. For, for vendors that are in the wedding market. Right. right. Um, one of the seminars I took was like, on um how to get high-end clients right Mm -hmm. and they were talking about regardless of where you're at you know i have a specific price point 
you have a specific price point and you turn mm-hmm. people down if it doesn't meet your price point. Maybe they're mm-hmm. not for you, right? Mm-hmm. But um, they were telling me like across the nation, like every state, there is a market. There is a market where people have money that want to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is like trying to get into and find that market. Yeah, get in those markets. The first yeah. step is to, yeah, to deny lowballing. Um, yeah. customers. And, and, and one thing I've, when people have messaged me and talked about, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not closing all these deals and blah, blah. And my first thing that I always tell them is like, you shouldn't be closing a hundred percent of your deals because if you're right. closing a hundred percent, you're doing something wrong because that made not, a lot of sense. Yeah. Not everybody the other day. Yeah. Not everybody should meet your price point and not everybody can meet your price point. Nope. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're just not for you. They're not for what it is you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, what do you guys do? Say if you hit, you know, four low ballers in a row, and there's like, you know, they, they see your message, you give them the price, it's on like Facebook Messenger, and then nothing. You know, I mean, do you ever be like, you know, you know, like maybe get frustrated, I can go down a little bit, but I haven't done that since, since you know, over the last six months. You know, if they don't answer back, so no, so like, yeah, how do you address? How do you? How do you like? How does that play out for you? So, ah, Nerado, <laughs> Noel. Yeah, no, yeah. So for me, I use keywords. Like there's keywords in my responses. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, um, for example, hey, um, just following up. Mm-hmm. Did the price I give you, uh, is the quote I gave you going to work for you? You mm-hmm. know? And usually that um, begs like a response. No, we found someone else or your price is a little too rich for me or mm-hmm. whatever. And so then I'll say, well, look, I have these other options. Mm-hmm. And that's where, um, you know, I, can, I, I bring it down from like $1,400 to like 1100 bucks. Look, I can bring, I don't have to bring all these bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. I'll bring just my setup and I'll bring this facade. I'll send them a picture. I can bring this mm-hmm. and it'd be like just my facade and my two speakers mm-hmm. and like a couple of like gig bar IRCs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, what I'm lo- what you scale I'm it down for them. Yeah. I scale it down. And what I'm leaving out are these glow totems that have intimidator mm-hmm. uh, nightclub spotlights and up lights that I bring. So they're like, Oh, you know, you know that, that actually might work for us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to go down to like 1100 bucks, mm-hmm. um, but I don't go any lower than that. Uh, so, no, I'll tell you what though, like five years, four years ago, five years ago, I was bringing all my stuff out and it was like, I was doing like 850 bucks, $800 gigs, you know, with that stuff. Fully um, loaded. and Fully loaded, right? Yeah. See, yeah. see, that's where I'm at because I'm like, you know, if, if, if I don't bring my lights, then it undersells my business. So yeah. I, I'm trying to be like, wow, you know, yeah. for, for the eyes that are there. And that's where you get yourself in that conundrum where you're like, well, I want to provide everybody the same service, but not everybody can afford the same price. So right. you're kind of like doing you're doing yourself an injustice by providing that platinum level tier of service for the right. like bronze price. But I, yeah. I do understand that like, well, this is my reputation. I want everybody to see everything I'm capable of. And, and you kind of have to leverage that with the people that are in front of you that you're quote auditioning for, you know, be since the couple has already given you the money. Right. Well, you know, I, I talked with you guys, it may have been on the last show, but, but it was like, you know, People would come in and, and I would honestly feel, 
I would stereotype them, look at them, and be like, you know what? Maybe uh, you're profiling people, man. Come on. When it comes to price, uh, you know, if I didn't get a fast response, I was quick to go down to be like, you know what? Mm. I, I could bump it down to this. Oh, so, so you, you, you were you, putting pressure on yourself I was to close the deal. Myself, okay. But you guys have taught me, you know what? I need to set the bar. Anything above that bar is good, but don't mm-hmm. go below the bar. Mm-hmm. So I've learned the word no, you know, like I said, you know, and and, and th- th- this is minimal and, and that's it. Take it or leave it. Whether it's, I know you or don't know you, stranger, friend, it, it you know, it is a business. And, and also another uh, piece of information to add that we all do this as a side passion project. This is not our primary source of income. So we yeah. do, the three of us respectively do have that leverage where we can say no. And it's not going to impact anything. I mean, maybe, you know, we don't supersize our fries, you know, next month, but we're still eating. So also take that into consideration. All day, nuclear weapon all day long. So it's DJing is like, dude, it's it's like my my drug, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I I, I like good music. I, I like DJing because I like to play songs that people haven't thought about in ages. And when they hear it, Mm-hmm. They instantly reminisce. Wow. You know, and I, I love it. You know, it's, it keeps my mind at ease, but it is a business and, you yeah, know, yeah, it, for sure. Yeah. If, if, you know, I like t- taking cruises too. So <laughs> if I cannot touch my bank account <laughs> and, and take a seven day cruise with, with my family of five mm-hmm. and uh, do it, proving people out is, is what I'm in it for. Yeah. So, you know, we, we talk about price um, and the low balling aspect. Like, what would you what would you consider a low ball offer? Because sometimes people like like Noel said, he he would offer a different tier of service. Um, but uh, like for me, I, I kind of have like all in pricing. That's just kind of way that the way that I operate within my market, and it works for me. And um, and I tell the my clients up front that you know that's kind of what I do and that's how I operate. Uh, but I also tell them. Uh, and when it comes to my pricing, they're like, you know, hey, I'm not the most expensive DJ, but I'm not the cheapest DJ either. I was like, but what you're getting from me for this price is X, Y, and Z. And so I set the expectation that, yeah, you know, don't expect like, don't expect me to come in there for a hundred bucks. But at the same time, you know, you're not going to have to sell a kidney either, you know, well, and, and setting some expectations during that initial conversation with clients. Well, for me, the low balling comes like, like, like if I do a wedding or a corporate event, and people see me, a lot of times they throw money at you. We want you, you know, mm-hmm. we, we like your personality. We like that you talked a lot. We like that you wasn't no stage fright there. You know, you kept the people going, you played the old classics, you know, that, you know, who, who would have thought that he, he mixed a Pantera song into a Bob Marley song, you know, <laughs> because, you know, I, I worked in a bar, you know, you, you've got to be able to play the request and be able to mix them somewhat together. Good. But it's the people that say, like on Facebook, I'll get a tag notification. And I'm like, oh, hey, I'm looking for a wedding DJ. And yeah, I'm looking for a wedding DJ. And your name tag in you in it. And they'll post a picture of your card. And then those people will be like, how much are you to do the wedding? I'm like, well, first off, what are we even talking about? They won't even say nothing about nothing. I'm like, is there travel? Are you guys mm-hmm. local or whatever? Dude, and I can honestly be like, you know what? It's, it's five miles away. 1250, I'll do it. And they'll be like, oh, we were we were thinking like 350. And I'm like, but like I can rent you some speakers. 
Yeah, and, and you taught yeah you you taught me a quote last also Mo over the pandemic. You know, you want a cheaper DJ. I'm not your guy, or, or mm-hmm. you, you. It was something to that effect. Yeah, or I know you know I know a, a cheaper DJ if that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for, but it's it's not me. And, and it's always those Facebook tags that for events where they're like, oh man, you, no, nobody's doing nothing for. I'm not for three, well, five, six hundred dollars. But but like you you were saying earlier, um, DJs are and, and I don't know what your experience is, Noel, but like I I kind of agree with what Sean said earlier. Is like I think DJs are probably like so far down the totem pole in the order of things to get accomplished when it comes to a wedding, uh, where they've already paid for a venue, you know, a couple grand. They paid for catering, a couple grand. They paid for photos, a couple grand. Dress, you know, yeah, dress, rings, you know, you name it, honeymoon. So by the time they, sometimes they think about the DJ, it's like so far, like I had a couple reach out to me and they're getting married next month. And I'm like, whoa, okay. You know, and I was a little concerned about what, what, you know, how they're going to look at my pricing, but they actually, you know, been a pleasant couple and I'll be meeting with them next week. And they said they're interested and, you know, we'll do a contract signing and go from there. But yeah, but what, why do you think there's that perception that, uh, Noel, like, why would the DJ be so that, inexpensive? Yeah, that big. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because um, just because they don't un- they don't see things the way we do, they don't mm-hmm. understand that um, if they're going to just get a DJ, not just get a DJ, but have their DJ as the sole um, entertainment for the evening, how mm-hmm. important that is. We do, we do it yeah. a lot. So what we have to do. Um, what I feel we have to do and what I practice is um, having that in mind, but trying to give them analogies or explaining to them the importance of the DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, ringleader, being a ringleader, um, my analogy for them is like, look, um, the DJ is going to be the main, the main source of entertainment. It's going to make or break your evening. Uh, I understand I charge a lot. And some other DJs, they charge okay. less. MC but what I do, yeah. So what I'm doing is like I'm saying to them is think of it this way. Um, if say you take your car to a mechanic, you know, and you're wanting them, you're going to, one mechanic's charging you 350 bucks, but the other dude's charging you 900 bucks, right? To do whatever kind of work. All right. Does, how much experience does that mechanic have, right? How much experience in, um, fixing vehicles do they have and how many reviews do they have? So like for me that I can utilize that because I have a lot of reviews. I have a lot of experience. Right. Right. So that's what I do now is I try to give them analogies and explanations as to why it's really important to have a DJ that experienced that's mm-hmm. very experienced that, and, and knows what they're doing versus a DJ who may not, you know, Right. Now, I know that's kind of effed up a little bit because I was one of the DJs that didn't have a lot of reviews, didn't have a lot of experience at some point. That's why I say for me, I can do that. And that's what I do is I. But I you had to, you had to pay it, it, with, with sweat equity to, to build that reputation. though. I did. Right. I did. I did. I did a lot, actually. Um, and I, I need prices. to knock on wood. Dude, I've never had one complaint. I've been very, 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 very lucky. But I, yeah. I put my heart into it, man. Yeah. 
Right. That's why you don't have any complaints. And I I would agree too. You know, like I've been fortunate to not have any negative reviews. You know, I may have like Aunt Judy got upset because I didn't play her song or something. And that's fine. Yeah, I can I can eat that because you know I have to play to what's in front of me. But I've never had anyone and I've seen bad reviews uh on Facebook and on Google of DJs. And I and I think and I kind of I'd like to believe what Noel is saying is true is that because they know that I'm I'm working my hardest for them is why you know everything that I've done so far has been positive and and even and even netted uh additional business as a result of that. Yeah. And I do want to say that that you know being that this is the topic, you know, we're not three DJs that are, are got our own pity party because you know I'm this is literally <laughs> like like one out of eight, I mean, just you know, yeah. just how do you deal with with these random rocks thrown into your gears of, of DJing? Because you know, people pay, under pay, and I'm not saying that they don't. We're just talking about these random o ballers. How do you deal with them? You know, do mm-hmm. do do you go with and, it or do you not? I think for me, oh. um, during my that Pass. initial conversation, is um, is I tell them, you know, I'm very upfront. I'm like. You know, like I said earlier, like I, I may not be the DJ for you. I was like, but at a minimum, I'd like to help. If if I if my numbers don't work for you, that's fine. I'm not going to get upset. Um, and, and if anything, I'd like to help you find someone that can meet your budget. And and by kind of disarming them and letting them know that I'm not going to get upset or butthurt about it, I, I feel like sometimes that helps them make an honest decision quicker. Right. Versus just um being left in the dark because I'd say probably about a good 80% of the deals I don't close. I get feedback. Like they'll tell me, Hey, you know, we went with someone else because the price was just worked for our budget, you know, things like that. And I appreciate that because nothing, nothing sucks more than trying to like, you know, go through all your emails and figure out who you have to contact and whose date you can give away, you know, when you don't get any feedback. I feel like a lot of people, I think this is what I feel and see is that a lot of um, DJs are people that want to be DJs. I didn't mean to cut you off for a minute, but a lot of people who want to be DJs utilize their stimmy money to buy this DJ stuff. They want to go that whole route, right? Yeah, I've never even thought about that. Of like dudes that are like coming out the woodworks that want, that are like have DJ equipment, whereas there wasn't that in the past. Interesting. I really think Mm -hmm. that that's what's affecting me here in in my market is there a lot more traffic as far as event yeah. djs yeah. out there here, okay. it's congested with a bunch of new djs really well freeman mommy told me the other day it's weird that you say that because freeman mommy she texted me she said i see that there's a lot of new djs around you just don't want to lose in the mix and that's when i text you guys i was like man you know it's it kind of feeling lonesome, you know, I'm focused on work. I'm enjoying my family. You know what? We've been going to, to movies yeah. and watching Ozark and things like that. And, and DJ has not been on the back burner, but it's been yeah. semi, you know, it, it's, it's, it's kind of in between, but you're right. I, I think a lot of people think that you, you can just go buy this equipment and be a DJ. And boom, you're a DJ. Yeah. But, but th- there's really a science to it to, you know, whether it be no one, you know, say midnight star to jam on it, to the new stuff, to the trap, to the country, you know, it, it's, it's, you, you got to kind of, it, there's more to it than just buying the gear. 
you know, coming out of the, the dark times, you know, coming uh, through the pandemic, have your prices stayed the same? Are they lower? Are they higher? What have you guys done with your pricing? Go ahead, Mine's actually gone up after talking to you guys, you know, I always had a standard and, and uh, you know, whenever I first started DJing, I would, I would lowball the client. You know, I, I would, I would, you just, you I, wanted to close deals. Yeah. I wanted to close deals. So yeah. I would just be like, all right, here's a price. And they'd be like, Oh my God, that's like free. Sure. I'll pay $800. <laughs> and I was like, God, how, how do you read people? So, that, that's yeah. how me set standards now. So my prices have actually went up, you know, to where there's a minimum. Yeah. You know, I was listening mm-hmm. to a couple of shows on YouTube and they're like, you know, if, if you have an iPad and speakers, it should be no less than $1,500. And, you know, I'm listening to them. Dude. I, I, I've learned the word. No, man, I'm going to say it again. Serato, my wife and Yuma have taught me the word. No. So there's a base price there. It's kind of based on our area. I, I kind of took a poll. And, and you know, if, if I've heard of people hiring these DJ companies here in Greensboro, like uh, the local DJ group or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, an actual business tour, they pay their DJs by an app, by the hour mm-hmm. to give them business is like insane, stupid, crazy money. And it's literally fade left, fade right DJs. There's no rhythm, no, you know, it's literally just fade left, fade right, fade left, fade right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, it's, I want that money too. You know, (laughs) I'm, I've, you know, I'm not the best, but I'm, I've learned the art. Yeah. So what about you, Noel? What, what have you done? How's your, has your pricing changed? Is it the same? So like (laughs) for me, the pricing, I didn't have a lot of gigs, man. Like coming out of COVID, COVID Mm -hmm. stopped me dead in my tracks. Um, just to give you the reason why I changed my pricing for like around four or five months there mm-hmm. was because when I used to like get three gigs in one month, I thought like, shit, dang, things are getting bad. Mm, when right. COVID yeah. Came, yeah. We, three, we, we talked about that at new year's. Yeah. yeah you had three gigs in a year, hit, right? I got three gigs in one year. Yeah. So when I came, when, you know, coming out of COVID, I was like, damn, I got, I had my regular prices on coin people that I did before COVID. But I wasn't getting any hits, mm-hmm. no bookings. Thought it was really weird. It kept on my finger now, now, on, so I lowered you, my price. With that, do you think it was you, or do you think it was just the market? I think it was the market. Mm-hmm. I, but, but, I, but you, I but you perceived it, it as being your prices, like yeah, in that moment, like it, it was like an emotional thing. You're it like, was a oh, global shit. thing, you know. Yeah. I, I, in Facebook groups, uh, Serato, you know, you, you would sit here, people in Poland and Ukraine, and, and, and DJs all over the world. That, that we're going through the same thing, you know, is it me? Mm. Is, is it, is it my service? Is it, but you know, it was a global thing. We all felt it. We all felt that way. I did. Yeah. I, I can totally I see my, how I lowered you... my prices down and I yep. got the gigs. I got gigs. Okay. I lowered it down to like where I was five years ago. I was like, all right, 800 bucks for a wedding. Um, boom, booked 1100 bucks for a wedding. I was like, Oh, okay. Boom. So I was like, kind of like riding the out, wave. Like, Okay. Right in the way, kind of getting my back, my getting myself back to like, okay, 11, 1200 bucks things where people are kind of comfortable pushing mm-hmm. it. And so now I've gotten to the point where like, um, I just throw some add ons now, like, hey, I got this extra thing, put your name on there. Sometimes they want it, sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. I got dancing on the clouds now coming in. I got some cool laser 
box where it puts their name on the wall. Now, if mm-hmm. I type it in, I can put right, right. their names up there. Um, I need to get a fucking license for that laser, by the way. But anyway, to, to operate it, <laughs> what? I'll make sure and delete that. I'll delete that. I want to say, you know, okay. for, for the passion DJ community, I'm sure the passion DJ community, a lot of people are in the same groups that we are on Facebook. Yeah. And a lot of times you go to those groups and it's like, you know what? $9,000 is less I charge and 8,000, 7,000. And it's just these insane topics on, on these pages, dude. That's what I like about the passionate DJ, dude. It, it, it's so realistic yeah. to how things are. And, and like this show that we're talking about, you know, you know, if you, it, honestly, if you went on some of these pages, like, dude, I charge $2,000 to do a wedding. They would call you ignorant and an idiot and mm-hmm. stupid and a fake DJ, a sync button, this and that. And, and everybody don't live in Dubai. Yeah, I mean, for sure. People don't have Dubai money. And, the, and they, I don't they, they don't have giraffe money. Yeah. Making $9,000 three times a week doing <laughs> weddings. It, it, it's just, I almost need to leave those groups on Facebook. I've, I've learned that uh, the Facebook DJ group is kind of down to earth, but but most of those is just just trash talking and, and <laughs> egos and it, it, there's no realism to any of that stuff. Mm. The passionate DJ community is definitely the best. Well, I mean, and you guys are the ones that make it so that I thank you guys for being a part of that. But um, going back to the pricing thing, actually, and I've never, I don't think I ever shared this with you, Noel, but Sorry part of the reason, no, that's all good. Uh, part of the reason I, I actually modified my pricing is because that conversation we had back at the beginning of the year, uh, when I took over the show and we had that, uh, we had that pretty long talk and we chopped it up and put it in that new episode for the beginning right. of the year. And um, one thing Noel said that really resonated with me is uh, during the pandemic, like he got really used to, and you've said it uh, Freeman as well, just spending time with your family and, yeah. you know, having conversations with B funk, you know, he said the same thing, you know, we had all that time to spend with our family and I had to seriously sit there and think about it. Like, do I want to do this anymore? and lose this time that I have with my family. And, you know, granted, it's just myself, my wife, and we got two dogs and two horses, but you know, still do I want to miss that time where I can go drive and see my, my son coach football, you know, or, you know, go, you know, my daughter, she's graduating this year and go watch her play softball, things like that. And, um, and, and that really motivated me to, to raise my pricing to a point where I even thought that people weren't going to respond, but, Again, you know, talk, talking, talking myself up, explain, you know, telling, giving them experience, giving them references and talk about what I bring to the table. And I mean, my closing, I'm probably about around 70, 80% in terms of closing, but I'm okay with that because I'm, I'm getting, I'm commanding such a higher price that it makes up for all those gigs that I'm not getting, you know, and, um, right. and, and, and I'm okay with that. Dude, yeah. family time, you, you, you're so right about that. Uh, you know, I remember during the pandemic, I, I would go to work. I'd come home. I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna risk death. <laughs> I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going store. to Taco Bell. <laughs> and, and, and I would literally go, dude, and get like all these boxes of ice cream and, you know, movies and snacks. And, dude, the pandemic sucked, but I, the time that yeah. I spent with my family was just, I, I remember seeing lots of pictures of you, you making pork chops on the, uh, on the grill, on the flat iron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and the, you know, I, I have a nice day job and I, I do a zombie uh, radio show. Uh, it's kind of a live radio show out of Los Angeles, even though I'm in North Carolina, but, but 
the DJing thing, like I said, was always mental medicine. So well, you know, uh, I want to share with you guys too, man. Like I did oh. do a gig for hella cheap last night. I know we're talking about lowballing, free jing. Yeah, right, right. I did well, the cheapest well, gig I've done in many, many years. Well, so night. let's talk about it then. I mean, because yeah. yeah, I mean, we we understand lowballing and we don't like to do it, but you you took the gig, so I mean, obviously there was some motivation behind there, that. There was, there was. Yeah. So like my daughter, um, she's she's pretty young. I don't know if you guys can see her. Yeah. But she's fifteen and she does face painting, right? So she got into like face painting and that, and we got her a gig to do a birthday party, kids' birthday mm-hmm. party, five year old birthday party backyard and um they were like oh so you do dj too and i'm like yeah but like i charge so much and it's graduation season i'm yeah yeah no i probably won't even she's like oh okay well the morning came yesterday morning and i was like hey well i'm fucked i'm gonna be there taking yeah. my daughter <laughs> right you know yeah. so i hit her up i was like hey do you want to dj like because um I just lied and said so they canceled or whatever <laughs> i didn't have a gift <laughs> i was like they got canceled <laughs> I said, you guys, um, you want a DJ? Like, I'm, I'm gonna be there with my daughter anyway. I could bring yeah. very minimal setup, two speakers, no lights because no lights because the thing was like 4:30 to like seven. Right? It's gonna be yeah, it didn't, right, right. go down to like 10 o'clock in Phoenix, bro. Yeah, like dude, it was so hot. By the way, I gotta tell you about this issue I had with my equipment. But anyway, I told Come them to like, humidity. Hey, yeah, I told them no, it's dry. It's dry, dude. I'm gonna tell you what happened though. But I told them like, look, I'll do it for um, uh, three hours. 350 bucks. And I said, and I said, she's like, oh, yeah, you know what? That works. We'll do that. I'm like, cool. 350. But the way I looked at it was like, you're already going to be there. I'm already be there. And it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it's pretty chill. Like, dude, this is a cool opportunity. I got my daughter here. I'm thinking with my daughter. She's like 15 years old. It's kind of cool. That family hustle. Because more people ask for her number than they did for mine. So mad she got tipped as much as I got tipped. Guess who's paying? Guess who's paying for gas? (laughs) Dad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I think it was cheap, and there was motivation behind it, like you said. But I hadn't DJed a gig for three hundred fifty dollars since the beginning of when I started DJing. Yeah. Um. But do you look at that as do you look at that as lowballing or freejing though? Me, what I did. Yeah, what you did. Yeah. No. No, because I had motivation. It was a joy, me. right? My daughter. Yeah, it was and, joy, dude. And as a business, that's your choice. For and, sure, and that's exactly. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was nice to have that uh, that opportunity to do it, but I did want to come clean and be be super transparent. Like, you know, I, I we're talking about this conversation, and I actually did a three hundred fifty dollars gig last night. <laughs> we, we all would have done that gig, but but see, I, I think the difference in the difference lies in the fact that you offered to do a gig knowing you weren't going to command your normal price but you also had different motivation because you wanted to spend time with your daughter doing something yeah. cool with her yeah. yeah dude it was really cool bonding sunday yeah. fun day money right yeah i mean it, it, pretty much yeah man it was really cool do I eat? it was really cool yeah so so closing out kind of going back over what we what we covered you know in terms of those sure. lowball um offers i'm i think we can all agree is just you know the first thing you can do to try and avert any of this is just tell them what you offer. Because I think a lot of these counter lowball offers come from an area. And I don't say this uh, with malice, but it, it comes from ignorance. They don't understand what we do. 
They don't understand what we bring to the table. They don't understand the value of all the equipment, um, all the experience, the, the knowing what songs to drop with what and the catalog and crowd reading and all that stuff. You know, so just kind of telling them during that initial consultation, like what it is we do and why we're asking for this particular price is probably the best way to try and avert some of that just by providing a, a, a lot of education. What do you guys yeah. think? I, I yeah. totally agree. I think I was mentioning it earlier when I was talking, it's like giving them analogies of like I'm the mechanic thing and then letting them know like um, your experience, um, telling them uh, like just kind of selling yourself, you know, mm-hmm. so just being real honest with them. Like I charge this yeah. much because your DJ is the only form of entertainment at your mm-hmm. event. Yeah. You know? I've never, Everything I've never thought to say on, that. I'm definitely going to steal that from you. Yeah, it's on record. Yeah. And I do want to say on lowball and one word of advice is, is like I said, I, I've, I've never had a complaint. I've had a hundred percent good feedback, but I have learned that came in for these lowballers. Usually the ones that lowball are going to be the bridezillas and the, the, you know, you know, why are you running a cable here? And this, that, you know, the, the, it seems like the lowballers are more stern about anything, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And the people that just throw money at you and say, you know what, make sure we have a good time. Yeah. Make it happen. I agree. And, and, and to, to kind of go on a side note, and this goes with why I've raised my prices. I think once you kind of set your pricing to a certain level, you, you kind of, uh, minimize your exposure to certain types of behavior. Like you said, people that are super nitpicky, you know, because people at a certain price point have a certain expectation that their money is going to a certain level of service. So they're not going to ask you, well, why do you only have black scrims? You know, why don't you have, you know, white scrims and why, you know, why this, why that, you know, why don't you have this version of my song? You know, when you start to price yourself in a certain position, I think I, I personally feel like you price yourself out of certain problems. Right, right. It's true. So the next thing I think, you know, from all our discussion today, I think we've agreed on is like setting a minimum. Like you yeah. you, you have yeah. that minimum amount of money that you're willing to accept to take time away from your family, to do all the travel and to, for all the mental gymnastics that it takes to to be an event DJ for whether it's a wedding or a corporate event or, you know, a five-year-old's birthday. Yeah. Set, that, set that minimum. And I, and I agree most, you know, set the minimum and don't dig out of that minimum for travel and expense and be like, you know what, I'll, I'll start. My minimum will be say 1250, but you know, all right, there's the hotel. There's that, there's that, there's that. Nah, you stack that on 300 now. No, yeah, you, you go, stack that oh, on. Yeah. You should the bar and go up from the bar. Don't go down because sure. you, you'll end up, I mean, doing a $150 gig, even though they're handing you $1,250. Yeah. You wind up losing money. Oh. Always go up. I like feeding, like we feed off each other, man. Because Mo yeah. told me one time, like, you know, charge what you think you're worth. And that takes you back a step to like yeah. giving yourself self worth. What mm-hmm. am I? What do I, what is my time away from my family? What is my time to me? Because I mean, I, I've never really sat down and done the math, but I figure for a wedding, I'm probably putting in a solid 20 hours. Plus, yeah, you know, when oh, it comes when I mean, but I'm talking like from the initial phone call to the follow up phone yeah, call to so the emails, yeah, building the playlist, do it, you know, going to, you know, driving out to a venue and checking it out, 
uh, you know, if I make the rehearsal, all that, and then just the event itself. So that's a lot of time. That's like a part-time job for one event, you know? Yeah. There's no four hour event. It's your day. Your day is gone. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the event itself takes four hours. Everything else leading up to that, you know, that's when, that's what you're paying for. No. I, I think mine is like eighteen hours. Honestly, now that you mentioned that, yeah, it's a lot. You know, because like it's, a, it's I don't get home till like eleven hours. I leave the house, mm-hmm. and I'm back eleven hours later. Dude. Yep, and the stress. And I'm not saying it, it's, it's bad stress, but but knowing, you know, hoping everything goes right mm-hmm. is is stressful. And thinking ahead, and and playing dodgeball, and you know, putting out fires that aren't even yours to put out. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Exactly, and you're the first one there, and you're the last, last one, one to leave. <laughs> and it's weird, you know. A lot of times, my wife will go with me to these gigs, and and and, and even though if it's a good paying gig or if it's a, a, a just a gig I agreed on, you know, you know, my wife likes to see weddings go right. So a lot of times she'll step up, and if there's no wedding plan or anything like that, my wife really needs to start a wedding business because you know, <laughs> like, like like you know, sometimes. In rehearsals, you know, they, they, you know, the bride and the groom don't even know which side to stand on. Mm-hmm. You know, who's on the right, who's on the left, you know. And, you know, my, my wife always takes the reins a lot of times. It's like, <laughs> no, no, all right, go, bridesmaid, go, 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 yeah. I don't even go to this. Learn the business. Does, do, you, do you guys ever take your wives with you, say, to a wedding or anything like that? No. Yeah, no. My, wife, my wife will go with me every once in a while if she wants to check out the venue. Um, to the rehearsal or to the gig? Uh, she doesn't come to me to gigs, but she'll come to like if I'm doing a walkthrough or rehearsal. Yeah, and yeah. you know, especially yeah. if it's because there's one that's uh, my favorite venue. It's it's literally like 50 miles away, but there's this really good restaurant that we always like to go to. So you know, she'll come out yeah. with me for the for the walkthrough or the rehearsal, and we'll go have dinner and a beer afterwards. You know, and the people are super awesome that in that place. Shout out Ren Farm, Mechanicsburg, Ohio. I do put in my contracts always plus one just in case. Yeah, for sure. Right. But, but a lot of times I like my wife to be there and then I'm set up and everything's working. I'm like, all right, go. <laughs> <laughs> I, because, you know, I like if I, I'm always like, what if I forget a cable at home an hour away? What, yeah. what would I do? You want her home so that it's not a two hour trip. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta be like, it looks like this. <laughs> Each time, my wife says, "No, I've, I've done that, man." I'm like, yeah. I don't bring her. Um, I know you're trying to close this out, but I don't bring my wife to any event because I feel like they're, they're supposed to be like private events, and they're just expecting the DJ. Like, mm-hmm. You know, just the DJ, like, maybe your assistant. All right, but my last my wife. Like when I was working the sports bar, my wife sometimes would show up, and she and the night she wasn't there, I would get more tips. And she's like. <laughs> You work. You mess with my paper, babe. You gotta go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, you guys know it's DJ. It's, it's, it's the beard. It's the beard. Especially man. working in a bar. Yeah, the girls will come up rubbing your wedding band, saying, eh, da, 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 da. <laughs> "What? Where are we going? I want to go to that yeah. bar." <laughs> and then uh, I know the tips yeah. are. So and, and last one, and, and I know this is something that you know when I told Sean this something he never thought about but sometimes you just gotta say no no shouldn't be closing 100% of your of your client absolutely not dude that's a new word to me man and you <laughs> taught it to me <laughs> oh, you and Serato and my wife yeah 
It's okay to say no. It's okay. Yeah, for sure. Because because all that's going to happen, in my opinion, and in my experience, is when I've taken an event that I wasn't satisfied with the price. I'm just frustrated while I'm there, and I and right. I think about why you know why am I doing this for this much money? And it's not fair to the client, and it's not fair to me, and it's not fair to my family. You gonna run that drop cord over there? <laughs> Really? <laughs> Are all your speaker wires black? Uh, yeah. Do they come in any other color? You're going to use two of those big speakers. Yes. I love it. I ain't going to lie, dude. Like, I, I can sense when they're going to be at Zilla. Mm-hmm. I canceled on one person. Oh, damn. And I, uh, I not canceled, like, before we, she even, she, she wanted to get me. And so we had a consultation meeting. Like, oh, it wasn't like you booked her and then you canceled. No, yeah. Okay. I didn't, yeah. It was just like, um, you know, I was like, um, you know, my wife's talking to me over here in my ear. I, I guess I have like a birthday party I got to be at that day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, you think it's out of town? Yeah. yeah. Like I skirt myself out. That was one time because you saw it coming. You DJ enough times, like, man. You don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and and pro tip for everybody out there: if you do decide you want to cancel on somebody, make sure you put it in your calendar that you canceled on that person on that day. <laughs> because I know people yeah. stalk some social media, man. So, <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, I thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing the uh, not so great stories of the low ball blues. Um, if you guys have any stories of yourself or how you deal with these types of situations go ahead and leave something in the comment section below or you know uh, reach out to one of us you know let's talk you know like you know, noel and sean just started off as guys yeah. that were followers of the show and now we talk pretty i'd Rainbow, say if not yeah. daily you know weekly for sure so yeah we're all here to help uh, that's what the passion dj community is about um with that being said uh that brings this episode to a close i'm mo wash your damn hands Keep on spinning. Mm-hmm.